0: Hey guys. So, welcome so, to Jewish you, boy. You... Give me a second, Emma, just giving the whole thing. Hey, Aunt Judy. Hey. hey yeah. are you? Okay, so welcome the Jewish boy calls his mother. We do have a special guest, my aunt Aunt Judy. Hello. Hi. Just letting you know you will be video recorded as much as as physically uh audio recorded. Um so don't worry about it. It's fine. Just keeping you in mind.
1: Well, tell me, which where, where do I look better with my glasses or without my glasses?
0: You look bo- better either way. It's fine. You look fantastic. You look, you look fantastic.
1: <clears throat> I don't photograph well. Okay. I look like a bug.
0: <laughs> so we have a few.
1: We have a... Wait, wait, wait. Let me try my glasses off. Wait, look. Let me look. Let me take my glasses off. I take my glasses off. I think I like, with like, I do, think with, I like, like it with them. You like with them? Yeah. You like with, with the my
2: glasses,
1: the glasses yeah. with my glasses?
0: Well, yeah, oh, maybe. Okay, with my glasses,
1: maybe. okay? Okay, I'm putting on my glasses. Can you hold the phone for me, Judy? I'm holding it. Thank, oh, thank you very much. Judy's holding phone <laughs> so for, for our people who are our new our subscribers. And I'm putting on my glasses. And uh, here we both are. This is my sister, Judy. Hi.
0: Hi. Okay. All right, guys. So I will. <clears throat> I was going to have the original question about you know singing and whatnot and that was the episode we did wednesday that unfortunately got lost uh so it's a lost episode we're gonna see if we can get it back but right now we have an opportunity um i have a few questions to get things going so aunt judy what was it like growing up with your older sister and and you don't
2: really want to know the answer to that do you
0: what of course we do this is why one of the reasons why we're doing this is to record you know the life of my mother and then you know laugh at it later on
1: do we do we have to follow fcc rules about not using profanity?
2: um
0: i usually just give a warning that we're going to be using foul language but uh if it's oh
2: good because i would have to hang up
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so i guess and judy so that's that's really what we were talking about um uh, shoot, I should have been more prepared than this. Uh, my my original question was we talked about, Eva was talking about the story when she was at a church with a giant cross over her. And I wanted to know if she could elaborate on that. <laughs> well, and I wasn't dead.
1: It. I didn't have a cross on top of it.
0: <laughs> what, what was the Let me story? Tell the whole
1: thing. Should I tell the whole thing? Tell yes,
0: whole thing.
1: please. Okay, well, tell the whole thing. Okay, here's what happened. Um, I was a, a we went this before in one of our previous yeah. podcasts, yeah. that I was a professional singer. And yes. that a lot of the churches, of course, hire professional singers um, to augment their choir and give it a nicer tone. And so, it wasn't, of course, it, it wasn't a matter of, you know, God forbid, any type of conviction. I was doing it, you know, just stay professional for, for the, the money, for the money. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, when I first joined this choir, um, I w- we would just be in the in the choir section, like the choir loft, is singing. That was it. Yeah, you know, no problem. Then the parson. This was a Lutheran church, decided he wanted us to come up, and there was a cross, not in front of us, but there was a cross like at the end <laughs> of the walkway as you come in to the you know to the sanctuary, and he wanted us to bow, Ooh. like to, to nod our heads. Ooh. Like you know, not like to bow from the waist. So what I did was I didn't feel comfortable actually bowing from the waist. So I just nodded my head and I I put my, I would nod my head, but I would turn it to the right. So it wasn't okay. a total bow. It wasn't a real bow. I was turning my head. So anyway, so there came time for the uh, Christmas service, uh, the Christmas Eve service. And the choir director told us that first, as we're singing, we process around the church three times, and then we go into the choir loft, Okay what they did not tell me what was, what, what was about to happen. We process around the church three times. Now we come down the aisle before going into the choir loft. And there I see at the end of the aisle, when I come to the end of the aisle, right in front of me is this guy who looked like a crusader. I thought I was gonna get, like I thought I was back in history about to get <laughs> murdered. This guy had a long white robe, Long flowing blonde hair. And he was holding this big gold cross right on almost on top of my head. So there was no getting around this one. (laughs) And I looked and I I stood there frozen because I was not told about this one. And I looked and I looked and I looked and I just yelled at him, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) And then I ran into the choir loft. (laughs)
0: So, Aunt Judy, Aunt Judy, I got a question for you. Sure. What was your reaction to when my mother decided to become Orthodox?
2: It wasn't so much her decision (coughs) as Mm. when a lot of people, not just your mom, become baltashuvahs. Yeah. They go from, like, zero to 100 quickly. And they don't warn your family. <clears throat> they don't really warn people what's happening to them. Okay. Um, because I had the same thing happen to me. I was dating a guy in high school. And I thought we were getting a little bit serious, although we were 18, so it probably wasn't serious. And he went away to college, and I couldn't wait to see him. And this is, this is a cute story, though. <clears throat> and he comes back uh, for Thanksgiving break, and he comes to pick me up for our date, and I just am so excited to see him, and I run up to hug him, and he takes two steps away, and he says, "I can't touch you."
0: Oh, he's showing me the gear.
2: And I looked at him, and this was before I really understood the, you know, orthodoxy, real <laughs> orthodoxy. Yeah. And I looked at him, and I said, "Why can't you touch me?" And trust me, we were touching before I, he left <laughs> out of the car. We were touching a lot. <laughs> And he said, well, you may not be clean. And I looked at him and I said, I just took a shower. What are you talking about?
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: I had no clue. So, I mean, I have had familiarity with people, you know, all of a sudden becoming, like I said, born uh, yeah. boardigans, <laughs> And it's more a shock at how they've changed and don't really warn you. Yeah. And, like, we had a thing. You want to hear bad stories? about? Oh, people? yes. This is awesome. Well, this is a bad story about me
0: and your mom. Oh, yay.
2: So after I graduated college, I wanted to take a trip. And your mom says to me, I'm going up to New York and Boston. Why don't you come with me? So I said, great. And she said, just make sure to bring a dress with you because we're going to be staying by the Boston Rebbe.
0: Whoa.
2: Well, at that point, I didn't understand about Rebbe's. You know, I didn't understand. Yeah. And I took like, it was a nice dress. It was short sleeve though. But I mean, the collar could be buttoned up. So reasonably, except yeah. it was above the elbows, but not bad. So we're staying with the boss at Arabi and we're having dinner. And one of, one of Zalka, I call her Charlene with the old name, but uh-huh. one of Zalka's friends asked her, are you living at home? And your mother said, no, I can't. And I'll never forget this. And she said, why can't you live at home? And your mother said, because my mother doesn't keep kosher.
0: Oh, yeah. We talked about that in the last episode.
2: Well, my mother does did keep kosher.
0: Yes, she yes. She may
2: not have kept it to the extent, but she was, you know, we couldn't eat milchik and flashek. We ate milk before flashek, but not flashek before. But, you know, we did keep Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at those days, there weren't a lot of hectors, so... You know, whatever hectares she, she could find, she did. If not, she always looked at the ingredients to make sure there was nothing tray. you gotta remember, this is the 70s, so this was a normal this was not an abnormal thing to do for yeah. people who kept kosher. <clears throat> so she said to her friend that her mother did not keep kosher. Well, I looked at her and I said, excuse my language, what the hell did you just say? <laughs>
0: At the Boston Rabbis dinner table, jeez right, Louise! Right at the
2: Boston. Luckily enough, there was like fifty people there, so I wasn't too, you know. Yeah. And she said, "Well, Mom and Dad do not keep kosher, so I can't eat there." And I said, "I called her a few names and told her yeah. to go to eight. <coughs> and then I backhanded her. I basically smacked her against the face. On the Oof. face. Okay. And we did not have a good time that week. Interesting. Um, because. You know, to me, my parents, I respected them and I respected their kashrut. And it never occurred to me that there's another level of kashra at that age. I just didn't know. Yeah. And well, I was so outraged. Like, how dare she put my parents down publicly well, for something like that? I was so angry. And I still remember to this day smacking her in the face because <laughs> I said, you do not miss my parents like that i'm
0: sorry Do you forgive me
2: i forgive you now i forgive you too okay thank you so man i could have killed her (laughs) (laughs) well
0: it's it's funny because like i know there's in in there's something called libabage shita that like my family doesn't really hold by but menachem does so we kind of got an inkling taste of like what it's like to have a balchuva from home because he's like oh i do libabage shita i can't eat this meat and we're like Dude, this is so like so like. So I to so my little brother who became like hardcore Lubavitch and he tried to play it off as if he like he's came from a non-religious home. We we're like, dude, we are Orthodox, Shabbos, Koshris, everything. Shut your mouth. Oh, my God. Get over yourself. But like eventually we came to this mutual understanding of what he's talking about. Okay. Speaking of which, did you ever see the TV show The Patient?
2: No. You've no. got
0: to no. watch it. It's oh, I, Steve I've Carell. watch that
1: i've been wanting to watch you're right i forgot about that yes
0: yes it's about the uh it's about this it's really about this guy who gets captured by this serial killer but this this guy's a therapist and his sub story is he he's he comes from a reformed jewish background and his son becomes an orthodox jew and little like subtle jabs they have at each other was like ooh, this is like a really like it was spot on it wasn't like any of these like like, in my personal opinion, I do not like Fiddler on the Roof because that, like, is an exaggeration of what the shtetls were like. You know, first off, nobody was singing. Second off, they did not have mixed dancing. So to go ahead but the, and... But
2: the music was good. Come
0: on. I'm not saying it wasn't good. I could say bacon probably tastes good. That doesn't matter. <laughs> so I guess to add on to that, um, a little, little switcher, a little pump the brakes. What nicknames do you have for each other or anything that you kind of had growing up, because for me, growing up, people called me Saji. Like, people don't really call me that anymore, but like, that was my nickname as a kid. In fact, I used to like to call you Monsieur Saji. Monsieur Saji.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: She used to call me Icky Bicky, well, my family used to call me Icky Bicky Baby Boo when I was little.
1: Because it was a very pop song when Judy was like, baby, a toddler, it went, the beginning of the song went, icky bicky baby, boom, boom. And so we all started to call Judy icky bicky baby. That's awesome. I was the baby. It's so and they would call me ick for short. Icky for short. And I think we called you one time doothy boo or something. Or Judy, instead that. of Judy, we call you doothy boo or something like that. That
2: I never remember. <laughs> yeah, I might've been too little for that. But I do remember well, icky bicky. What,
1: what was I called among other four letter words? <laughs> Sometimes I called you AH. But... <laughs> um, my mother, when I was a teen, my mother, in a moment of extreme anger, called me a, um, I don't want to say of the area, B A S T A R D. Oh, okay. And they me, were and me, married. And me and me being a sassy teenager said to her, Am I really? What does that say about you? <laughs> oh,
0: well, my that got God. me a good
2: pot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we were raised so old fashioned that if you screwed up, you got you got punched.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm realizing now how kind of silly it is because it's like it doesn't really help, it just just hurts more. Um, yeah. was there anything you were jealous of your older sister for, Aunt Judy? Ah,
2: oh, jealous. Yes, I always felt that my parents, uh, um, I, I always felt that they cared, they liked things about my other sisters more than me. Like Anne was the one who was pretty and popular and Charlene was very bright. Very bright. I hate her for it, but she was very bright. But uh, very bright, very talented. You're the one with the master's degree, not me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But one time I asked my father and I said, well, you know, you keep telling me how Anne is so beautiful and so social and lovely and how charlene charlene i call her and how yeah. charlene is so brilliant and so talented i said what are my attributes he looked at me and he said you know what you don't have any <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god oh my god that's terrible that is swear terrible god
2: he said that I Swear. He, you sure said, he wasn't joking around no nope, no no he wasn't oh no and Was that i like begged him for something good Aww. to say about me and he said I really have nothing. Ooh. Oh, That's um,
0: terrible. Yes. So
2: I grew up knowing that mm. I was, I always felt like I was an afterthought even though I knew, believe it or not, I knew yes. I was planned. They told me very distinctly. You, you, you know the this, know this story Mom,
1: mom was going crazy because I was very hyperactive yes. and mom was going crazy and you know just raising me and all her attention was turned on me so her gynecologist suggested to mom and dad that they should have another child to create more of a distraction so she's not totally wrapped up in me. Not only was I hyperactive, I had a lot of physical problems. My yeah. eyes, particularly, yeah. had three eye operations, so I had, some real, you know, oh. I had some real physical problems. And so he felt that having a third child would kind of take my mother's attention off of constantly being wrapped around all the problems she had with me. But I always thought, I always thought that, like you said, I was so brilliant. My school did not come easy to me. I mean, I might have gotten, thank God, straight A's, but I had to study a lot and work very hard. You, on the other hand, you you got A's without even trying. You, If anybody was brilliant, mm-hmm. I think you were the brilliant one. I mean, and to raise a family, you based a family, plus got your master's degree. I knew that I could not raise a family and be in school at the same time. That's why I got my... My BA first before even thinking about marriage. Yeah. Because I knew I couldn't do both. But you did
2: both. Well, I know my first year of grad school, I have a master's in social work. My first year in grad school, I tell people like years later, it was the year from hell. um, Because I had TOVA, I had my seven year old daughter. And I was in a master's program for the first time in like 20 years. I hadn't been in school. And I was working part-time. I had a part-time internship. And then my mother had um, cancer and somebody had to like um, take care of her um, at night to like clean her wounds and stuff and and do a lot of things for her. So I would go to school. I would go to either my job or my internship. I would come home, I'd go right to mom's. I would take care of mom. I would come home, put Toba to bed and then have to study. And I said to my family, I don't know how I got through that first year, mm. and I did get straight A's that first year.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember, that was amazing. It was it was a hard
2: year, but um, I I didn't get straight A's in in um my bachelor's program, but I never opened a book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just I, didn't. <laughs> I have a question then. Um, what was your reaction to my mother's? boyfriends and what was your reaction your first reaction to my father being introduced by my mother
2: I can tell you about the boyfriend story
0: (laughs) okay
2: (laughs) she had a date with some guy I don't know if it was a blind date or what but it was a first date she hadn't met him before and those two used to dress me up And they dressed me up in my aunt B's. Um, She had sent over some dresses that she wasn't wearing anymore. We
1: we wanted to play a prank on this guy. I remember you just joked with my memory. We decided just for a joke to play a prank on this guy. It was a blind date. And (laughs) I was
2: like, I might have been maybe 14, but I was very well endowed at 14. So they put (laughs) me in this strapless gown. Oh, God. I'll never forget it. It was blue and it was ball gown length. And it was very, the kind you'd wear to a wedding. Okay. And they had me greet him at the door. And I think his name was Chuck. And uh, when I opened the door, I put my hand up to shake his hand. And I said, hi, Chucky. How you doing? And he just his jaw dropped. And he just stood there staring at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is awesome. That we is. Were freaking... hyster-
2: we were hysterical. Um, uh, the other guys, I mean, there were guys. I mean, I think. I was four years younger, so a lot of times I didn't pay attention to like who she and Anne were really dating. Okay. Um, although, when Anne was dating our oldest sister, you could sit you could sit on the top step of the upstairs and look straight down into the uh, recreation room. Yeah. And when Anne was on the couch, not doing anything heavy now, but a little bit of necking, we, yeah. I would sit there and watch them. <laughs> i never Tom. knew that yeah <laughs> now the truth comes out well what happened was that my mother caught me and got really angry and she said you're never to do that again so a couple weeks later i happened to come out of my bedroom and i saw my mother sitting on the top step looking down <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Big awesome. brothers
2: watching you
0: <laughs> i remember going to bubby and zadie's it was just so It was a lot of fun. I used to go ahead and, like, go through the old newspapers and get all the comics and get, like, my Shasta ginger ale and cream soda. Oh, yeah. And then have, like, Zadie, like, talk, uh, watch the the game. If not, we'd, like, watch some, like, you know, cartoon of some sort. Um, Yeah, or the
2: Three Stooges or something.
0: Yeah. Do you remember any, like, (laughs) favorite food that Bubby used to enjoy making or that you enjoyed having? Like, maybe for Shabbos or Yumtiff?
1: the mundle bread the mundle bread
2: oh that was good i was going to gonna say I, lo- I i love my mother dearly i love her to death however cooking was not her forte but mundle
0: bread
1: okay. and in, in fact was her signature yes in recipe. fact
2: it this was funny at her um i delivered the eulogy for her at her funeral yeah you cracked everybody up
0: oh my gosh i was by the way Everyone was, yeah. by the way just let you know at Zadie's funeral, the rabbi that was speaking had a high pitched voice and a horrible lisp. I couldn't keep it straight the whole time. Who got him? Who was he?
1: I don't know. He don't know. no, he was the assistant rabbi of Beth Israel to the conservative congregation. Okay. That was one with the ponytail, the man with the black with the long oh, black ponytail.
2: Rabbi
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah we a, cracking he was up.
2: a nice he was guy. Was nice. He was probably nice. was. Nice. Just
0: like at a funeral, I just couldn't yeah. hold myself together. It was yeah.
2: And then, well, my, and then my delivery didn't help any because my (laughs) eulogy for both parents was, dad's was cute, but the delivery for my mother was, in fact, Levinson's staff came into the room because each one was saying, you got to hear this eulogy. I've never heard a funnier (laughs) eulogy. And they actually came in the room and sat in the back laughing hysterically. That's awesome. But one of the things I said was that, my mother taught me how to um, cook Cajun cooking. Oh, nice. Everything, everything she cooked was blackened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I remember you telling me, Judy, that I think the funeral
1: director afterwards walked over to you and said, had the state inspector come in, I would have
2: polished. He would have asked me, what is this, comedy night at the funeral
0: home?
2: <laughs> people could not believe, people were laughing. I, don't, I didn't mean it to be funny, but it just came out hysterically funny. I, I was uh, It was about things my mother taught me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just wound up being hysterical. But her mental bread was awesome. Really? And when mom was in ICU, um, her last ICU visit. Yeah. And we came and Tova came.
0: Mm-hmm. And we
2: were trying to cheer mom up a little bit. And I said to Tova, ask Bubby for her recipe. Because she cooked it every week So she, or every other week. So she knew it by heart. So, mom gives her the recipe. She sits up in bed and she gives her the recipe for her bundle bread. So, the next week, Toba goes and makes it. We both eat it. And I said, Something's not right. And I realized that Bubby forgot to tell her to put the vanilla and the almond extract in. Oh. And we were laughing to say, Was mom trying to like,
0: but
2: like <laughs> not let like Toba have the identical recipe? Or I'll take it, it to my best? grave. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. But I
2: used to make it with her too, so I figured it out. Okay. Um, awesome. So this recipe is exactly like hers. Oh, can you give Except us the recipe
0: and we'll post it?
2: We're not posting it, no. Oh, I'm, it's I'm, really, oh, you're that you're uh,
0: protective story. over it. Protective, yes. But
1: yes. Okay. One thing Mom taught me was evidently that combination of almond extract with yeah. vanilla extract. It's a delicious combination for yeah. pastries and cookies. It's a, it's it's just delicious. Yeah. Because And I noticed that a lot of, recipes that i've seen for cakes and cookies and you know pastries um they won't they won't get that combination of almond yeah. extract and vanilla which is a, it's a signature uh yeah. flavor is very good this
2: is the only recipe i've ever seen that adds almond and vanilla extract to a recipe and it, it's just wonderful
1: I, i've actually added it to like sometimes my coffee uh, almond and and vanilla
2: never thought of doing that it's why don't you drink coffee
0: uh, really you don't drink coffee. coffee
2: you don't I, get coffee i drink tea
0: oh drink tea. all right whatever i just
2: i just found the greatest tea i shouldn't say this because it's they're gonna uh it's advertising but <laughs> i found a really incredible tea that it's
1: just a love. we're not we're not pushing we're not pushing any products here we're just talking we push... about our, prefer- our personal well, i
2: happen to love cinnamon so i put cinnamon in my cinnamon sticks and sometimes close oh yeah Ima,
0: you do that sometimes
1: i used to do it more i'm now i just i'm drinking um I'm drinking more like uh, chamomile, sleepy time. Because um, mm. a lot of times I, I I like black tea, regular but the problem is um, my body's become very sensitive to after five drinking anything with caffeine. It, um, I never used to be that way. When I was a teenager, I could drink, boy, I could drink a very strong cup of coffee and just, you know, go to sleep immediately with no problems, but...
2: She just remembered, reminded me of stories about one of her oh, boyfriends. So, Stanley with the coffee. Yes. What? She had a boyfriend, Stanley. He's also the 5,000, the 5,000 piece
1: puzzle guy.
0: Yes, we have that on the honor episode, but okay, Stanley continued, sweet.
2: So my, my one of my memories, a couple of my fond memories of Stanley was that he used to come in and make this coffee real strong, and we used to call it mud. And he used to come to our house. And mom never minded because my father worked till like he'd come home at like two or three in the morning sometimes from work. Um, He worked at his uncle's restaurant and he stayed till closing. So one night he gets home and Stanley's still there. And we used to I used to call this the do you have a home story? (laughs) Because dad walked in and dad used to be very strong. He could lift 50 pounds of potatoes. And Stanley was skinny, maybe 90 pounds. And he comes in, and I happen to have been up that night. And he comes over, and he sees Stanley there at 3 in the morning, and he says, do you have a home? And then Stanley says, yes, sir, very nice home. Thank you, sir. He says, well, you need to get there right now. And Stanley <laughs> says, yes, sir, as soon as I finish my coffee. And Dad picked him up and all, took them to the front door and dumped them on the front porch and said, I said, go there now and shut the door on them.
0: That is awesome. That is absolutely fantastic. Um, but I, I remember growing up as a kid when I would be, couldn't go to sleep or I wasn't feeling too well. My mom would make this milk, warm milk with vanilla and cinnamon and nutmeg and sugar And it would really, I would just enjoy it as a kid and it would help me fall asleep. I made it a couple of times as I got older, but was there anything like that, that you guys had growing up that your mother would make for you or your father would make for you?
1: Um, Well, when we were sick, especially when, I remember very distinctly when I had the Asian flu, Mm -hmm. um, when you got sick like that, you were moved from your bedroom to the couch, Mm -hmm. which was much better because first of all, you were away from the other kids. Also we only had one bathroom in our house when we were younger. We moved, before we moved to Baltimore County, when we lived in Baltimore City, we had a small Cape Cod house that had only one bathroom on the bottom floor. So the couch was in the living room, much closer to the bathroom. So when you got sick, my mother would get make you chicken soup with rice and regular, you know, like regular black black tea with sugar. And I remember, you know, it really made you feel a lot better. It was uh, very good, and you know, it, it, it I remember, I remember eating it on the couch and drinking it on the couch. It was very good.
2: Yeah, and- I, I remember when I got my tonsils taken out and I was in the hospital. Then you, they kept you. And I remember, I was. I remember crying. I was like five years old. And they said, "Well, here we'll give you ice cream." I said, "I don't want ice cream." Mm-hmm. And they said, "What do you want?" And I said, "Iced tea." And they were like, iced tea? What child wants iced tea? And mom, they let mom go into the kitchen and make a, her iced tea for me.
0: You, so we always had
2: make... iced tea in the refrigerator. What was, I remember, the iced um, tea?
0: What was it made? Was it just regular regular Lipton or just tea? regular
2: Lipton with sugar. Okay. And when, later on, tea. she made it with saccharin.
0: Okay. <laughs> very healthy.
2: Very healthy. And <laughs> dad always drank it hot with uh, milk. No, dad. That... That oh, it's so funny. I talk, I think we had this on the
1: podcast about my father and our house. We always drank tea in a glass, hot tea in a glass.
0: Yeah, that was a Russian thing, Russian Ukrainian thing. The
1: white, the white angle, the wasp, the wasp, the white Anglo Protestant guy. that came to my house to go over some music. Yeah, and I offered him tea. Yes, and um, I served it to him in a glass. And I sit down. And I start drinking my tea, and he says to me you served me my tea in a glass. <laughs> I said to him, uh, yeah, that, that's what it looks like. It looks like a glass. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he says to me again, you served me my tea in a glass. And I said, yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, it's a glass. And then he says to me again, you served me my tea. And I, I, said, <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, yes, it's a glass. So drink it already. What's your problem? So he says, everyone knows you're supposed to serve tea in a cup with a, hand, with a cup. I said, why? he says so you can handle the cup by the handle and not burn your fingers so i said oh i said i never realized that so then he says to me how am i supposed to drink this so on um, my thought because usually when you drink tea people who are of ukrainian background who drink their tea the hot tea in a glass the way that you drink it is you hold the, the glass Tip. from the to- top ah.
0: yeah hold it from the top and drink yeah
1: right So he says to me, can you give me a napkin? So I gave him a napkin and he folded up the napkin and put it around the glass and drank it that way.
0: All right, so we're at the 10 minute mark, um, Aunt Judy. My question is, injuries as a kid, uh, what injuries did you have? And if so, how did uh, Bubby and Zadie, you know, I guess, (laughs) help you guys? I remember the bumblebee
1: incident. Mom slapped you. Your poor thing. You were in those I days. I on a I don't know what it was. They had a thing in those days, the World War II generation, yeah. where if somebody was crying or in shock or hysterical, they would slap them, and it was supposed to like shake them back to reality, or something. it was supposed to like bring them, bring like snap out of it type thing. So mm-hmm. Judy um, was riding her bike, and I think you fell over, and when I you love fell love over, that. your hand hit a bumblebee and it stung you and of course you came running into the kitchen screaming and crying and screaming and crying and mom started slapping you
2: (laughs) and i think that i thought my god come on i mean what the heck maybe the slap hurt so badly that you forgot about the bee
0: (laughs) i I, i've i've heard things like that where like you slap them to just focus on something else
2: no mom would be like You're crying, so I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah, my dad used
0: to say that. Ima used to say that as well. But
2: mom, when we got injured or something, she didn't believe that we got injured. Like, you had to be dead (laughs) for her to believe that you were injured. Because um, one time, I sprained my ankle really badly. I mean, it swelled up, and I couldn't walk on it. And mom was like, oh, it's not that bad. You can walk on it. I couldn't wear my shoe. I mean, it was like really swelling. And I said, can we put ice on it? Mom says, just walk on it. You're just complaining. And finally dad looked at it and he said, Rena, I think she's really in a lot of pain. It might've be, it might actually be broken. We better take her to a hospital. (laughs) And mom was really angry at him for taking me to the hospital. And it wound up being a bad sprain. And I was on crutches for like a week. I remember that. And, um, the only good thing that came of it is that that was our trip to Washington in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of steps at all these places. And I was able to take the elevator. And all the <laughs> kids in my class were so pissed. They were like, welcome. <laughs> she gets to ride an elevator because she has a sprained ankle. <laughs> yep. I remember, though, even the attitude
1: of the um the. Um, the personnel at the hospital. I remember I was with yeah. you. We took you to the hospital, they made me and walk. you were you were crying and crying. Yeah, you were crying and crying, and the doctor
2: yells at you, "Stop crying!" Right. And he made me walk to the X-ray. He says, "I don't think it's broken. I, remember, I think you're fine." I remember
1: the X-ray and the X-ray technician. Yeah. Came in. He snapped his fingers and said, "And said I said to you like, Come, child, walk with me.'" <laughs> you
0: know? yeah.
1: And they made her walk to the X-ray room.
0: She's the waste
2: yeah. In those days wow. they had no toleration for anybody getting sick or ill or anything.
0: It's so weird because, you know, people still get sick and I, I guess it's it's a way of like you should do that to yourself, not necessarily have someone do that to you. Yeah. If that makes any sense. You know? Yeah. Like
2: We baby our kids. I mean it's oh, yes. talking about hurt. Like, I you know, I take care of it right away. If she called me up now and said, I hurt my finger, I have a splinter. I'd say, Do you want me to come over? My daughter, by the way, is, I'm not going to say how old. <laughs> um, but she just had her second child,
0: Mazel Tough. Yeah, you know I and know that. I know that.
2: Sunday, that's Sunday I'm Monday. Monday. I'm,
0: I'm like, Don't tell me I got Monday. my dates wrong.
2: Yes, no, I got it wrong. There's a football game on Sunday, <laughs> she's yeah. got the bristles on Monday, but <clears throat> so yeah, the,
1: the baby's very smart, he would never have. He would never have his bris during a football game. He knows better. He's not
2: a stupid child. But anyway, (laughs) but, you know, I would run over there right now if she said, I need you for some reason, you know. And our parents were more stoic about take care of yourself. You know, like, what is going on? This is not a big deal.
0: So we got, like, five minutes left. My question for you guys is, what would you tell Bubby and Zadie now?
1: Hmm... Mm.
0: that's not a real answer you know both the that
1: books. right the camera on both <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> so so it'd be i love you or you didn't treat me right or you guys did a good job or it's okay or let it go or you want to give a diatribe
2: well i'll tell you an expression that i heard in a cartoon okay oh, not a cartoon in a show like the off takes yeah. And this one guy is talking to his, fat, his, his wife. He said, I made a very bad faux pas when I went to dinner with my parents last night. He said, I meant to say to mom, could you please pass the salt? And I accidentally said to her, thank you for screwing up my life, bitch. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh... And that's what I think sometimes. I mean, I love my parents, but we weren't huggy, warm, fuzzy. You really? know, they didn't. Yeah, they weren't. They did the, the grandchildren, but oh, okay. not us. We were not really hugged and and physically loved and told "I love you." You know, there was well, you.
1: you there's a very famous letter that um, a lot of psychology books print today to show you the attitudes that were prevalent towards child raising in the 1920s and 30s. And in this letter, there was a very prominent psycho- child psychologist at the time who wrote how parents should not be overly affectionate with their children, not hug and kiss their children, that they should uh, occasionally a little pat on the head will be fine, but don't be this snibbling, weak parent that this is not good for your child. And I think um i mean my parents in general i think they they were raised yeah like that absolutely. and so absolutely. that's you know the whole idea in fact one of the criticisms i got from my my mother and my and my in-laws was must you hold your baby so much why do you have to hold them so much
0: yeah there's this thing now i mean there's this thing today Where it's like if a baby cries, at some point you have to stop holding them and you have to let them do something called self-soothe. But now there's a new way of countering that saying, no, when the baby cries, pick it up. Baby cries, pick it up. Because you know what? Because you're building up a bond. You're building up a trust. And eventually that trust is going to bleed into more things that they can trust you with and that you have to just let it be. Like That's what happens when you raise a child. They're going to cry. So they're depending on you to pick them up. You know, there's also something too.
1: I have a lot of experience um, working in daycare centers and, and I, she has 10 kids. She's got a
2: lot of experience. <laughs> so,
1: and I found that when a baby cries, it's for a reason. A yeah. lot of times we'll get a baby, that will cry and cry and cry. And we think the baby's just crying because he misses his mother. and We try to let the kid cry it out. And then I then I, after 10 minutes, I said, you know what? I better pick him up and I will pick up this baby and either he needs his diaper changed or he gets this big burp babies can't burp on their own you have to like pick them up and pat them on the back or something, you know and uh, it's a it's, it's a burp or they might be cold you might have a poopy diaper. They mi- yes <laughs> they might um they might be thirsty they might be hungry mm-hmm. it's uh, they're crying there's a reason for it
2: okay yeah i was taught now i teach i used to teach parenting skills and one of the things i learned is you can never spoil an infant with too much love interesting You know, um, infants, especially up to like one year old, they don't understand like manipulation Mm -hmm. because a lot of older kids might use manipulation. But they said until like maybe two years old, really, they don't know manipulation. You know, when they need you, it's for a reason, like like uh, your mom said. And that's why you should go to them and find out what the problem is.
1: And and sometimes um, even if they do need comforting, sometimes also. What we think of as, oh, they just need attention. A lot of times they'll have gas because the human digestive system is not fully developed for at least the first few months. And babies tend to get a lot of gas. And a lot of times when you hold the baby against you, the warmth, we think it's comforting, but the warmth of your body is actually helping to break up those gas bubbles. Interesting. So that their digestive system feels better.
0: All right, so
2: I, I I still hug and kiss my daughter, by the way. <laughs>
0: uh any last words? We have like 40 seconds left.
2: Hug and kiss your child and hug and kiss your parents
0: and appreciate them before
1: before before you know <laughs> <laughs> talk okay.
2: about manipulation before they move
1: to Florida.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. I, I'm soulless on the inside, so it doesn't really matter what she says. Um so any last words, Aunt Judy?
2: Um, you know, just, I'm glad, this is going to sound harsh, but it's not meant to be. (laughs) I learned in some ways how not to raise my child and it's made me a better.
0: Thank you for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. Please send us feedback and comments on our Facebook page and like and subscribe on YouTube. I know I would like it and my mother would too.